my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm off my game today. No, you're not. That's true. People are going to have to start making better content. I think we're going to be talking about this for a long time. When you program for everyone, you program for no one. I think it's that we're a purpose-driven platform. Like, we're trying to get to substance. How okay. was that? Are you happy with that? Yeah. This is marketing therapy right now. It, it really is. <laughs> What's up? I'm Laura Currenti. And I'm Alexa Kristen. Welcome back to Adlandia. So I just want to start off with a shout out. So for all of our Adlandia listeners, we all know we're big fans of Laura Currenti. I am particularly, and Laura's going to kill me and be embarrassed for this, but I am particularly proud of my friend, my partner, my colleague, who last week was inducted into the Advertising Hall of Achievement. Huge congratulations, Laura. Thank you. Like an achievement that is and so... And thank you for being my partner for... Five, six, seven, we've God, lost it's count. almost seven years. Because there are so many things that um, were recognized that we built together. So Partner thank you. Partner in crime. Anyway. With that, we're back. Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving, Adlandia. We're bringing back Sarah Fisher, media reporter over at Axios, to talk about the state of the industry as we go into the holiday season. Specifically, like, talking about Facebook, which is something that, like, we can't ignore. Everybody's reporting on it and what's happening in that kind of explosive report that the New York Times put out last week. 
I just think that like from a brand perspective, from a media agency perspective, this gets even more interesting on how agencies are going to handle this stuff. And Sarah gets into it a bit and also talks about their new show on HBO. So really excited to have her with that, Adlandia. We hope you enjoy this special Adlandia look at what's happening in the industry with Sarah Fisher. We'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. We have one of our favorite people returning for the third time, Magic Number 3, Sarah Fisher, media reporter at Axios. Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning. Good Good morning. morning. So, Sarah, a lot of news coming out of Menlo Park around Facebook. and know you've been covering this latest news. Can you give our listeners a high-level overview of what's going on with Facebook and how the industry is reacting? Absolutely. So, the New York Times published a damning report last week that essentially said that some of Facebook's top leaders, including CEO Mark Zuckerberg and COO Sheryl Sandberg were negligent in the way that they handled fake news, misinformation, election meddling, privacy, data security, a whole bunch of issues. Now, of course, executives came back swinging punches saying that's just not true. We've made mistakes, but we've learned from them. But what we're seeing now is that for the first time, 
advertisers are starting to really think critically about whether or not they should be spending on these platforms. In the past, we didn't see ad spend dip all that much in wake of Russian meddling or Cambridge Analytica. But now analysts are saying that they expect advertisers to begin to take a closer look at this. And when you talk to some of the biggest ad spenders for Facebook, so some of the folks that run the big agency holding groups, these executives are saying, look, we don't trust anymore that Facebook is a place that has good values and has good brand value for our clients. And that is a very serious threat to Facebook's ad revenue. How does 2019 planning unfold if agencies and brands decide they've had enough? Well, I think, first of all, the timing of this is interesting because, as you mentioned, it is planning season, but a lot of those RFPs that begin January 1 have been signed, sealed, and delivered. So my assumption is that by Q1, you're not going to see a huge dip in spending. And my assumption is that if Facebook can figure out a way to manage this crisis, then maybe you don't see the dip happen in Q2. Uh, I think what you're going to see is that advertisers are going to look eventually at shifting their spend to places where they can do targeted advertising, but they're going to have to figure out how they can do it at scale. I mean, that's the value add at Facebook. Two billion people are users, not just across Facebook, but also across Instagram and some of their messaging apps. So expect advertisers to dump more money into places like Google, so Google News and Google Search, where they're not facing as grave of brand safety problems, but you can still target people at scale, but also expect them to take some of those dollars and put them in other places where they can target people through digital, but maybe the scale isn't as good, but at least it's a little bit more brand safe. So I'm thinking about things like connected TV, addressable advertising, maybe some new up-and-coming platforms where people are spending a ton of time, like a Flipboard or maybe even a TikTok. That's what I would expect best to happen in the market. And then, of course, you're always going to have people that say, you know what, forget about digital. I'm going to double down on TV and billboards and other sorts of things. But I'd expect that slowly over time, if Facebook can't manage this, the money will flow somewhere else. I mean, it's a huge opportunity, right, for competitors. I think I was listening to The Daily and they had a great clip of Tim Cook basically saying, we are not going to sell your information. We are not in the business of you. Right. We're in the business. And and, and I think that like that is going to become kind of a resounding talk track for a lot of their competitors um, to gain more advertisers and to gain more spend. Is that true? I think that's true. I mean, we interviewed Tim Cook for our access on HBO show. And one of the things he mentioned is that, you know, Apple has never really been an advertising business. They've always been a hardware business. But we know that iPhone sales are plateauing and that growth is decelerating for some of their hardware products simply due to saturation. I mean, most people already have functioning iPhones. So they're trying to pivot to software sales, which means that you're selling subscriptions to apps. You're trying to get people to spend more time with things like iTunes or whatever it may be. But this trend that you're seeing of people shifting into not just software sales, but, you know, digital, potentially ad-based software sales is not just native to Apple. We see Microsoft doubling down on this, too. Remember, they acquired LinkedIn in 2016. Yep. They're now making close to $2 billion in advertising from LinkedIn. 
So I think you're right. I think that people are going to look at what's happening in Facebook competitors and say, how can we learn from this? How can we potentially scoop up some of that ad revenue by marketing our products as being brand safe, as being value-based? And it's not just going to be your other digital players like Twitter and Google. As you mentioned with Apple, it could also be some of the more traditional you know, hardware players that are looking to get into software that see an opening here. What about a potential pivot back to traditional mediums, non-digital platforms like radio and TV and out of home? And one of the things that we've been following is the need to find a one-to-one engagement and going deeper into more contextual targeting, uh, creating communities, building conversations. What does that look like? Because I think this highlights uh, some of the issues in sort of mass digital scale um, platforms. I definitely think that some of the traditional ad platforms that are digitizing are on the rise. If you take a look at out of home, out of home has been growing year over year because billboards and subway posters are all becoming digital and thus they can be bought and sold programmatically. In fact, a lot of those companies I think are going to thrive in the driverless car era because they're so location-based and the data that they have, they will be able to maximize through partnerships with other platforms. Uh, As far as where other of uh, traditional media platforms are going, I mean, the same thing's happening with TV. It's becoming more addressable. It's going over the top. And so eventually you'll find a world in which all television advertising is bought and sold programmatically. And I think that people will be shifting their dollars there. Radio is an interesting one that I am curious to see what happens. And that's because as we're seeing with revenue trends and user trends, terrestrial, terrestrial radio is having a tough time. Streaming... Podcasts, those are doing very well, but regular radio that you're listening to when you're in a car is not experiencing as much growth simply because people are tuning into digital alternatives. So my long answer to your short question is anything that's going digital, people will invest their dollars there. But if you're not innovating and going digital, you're just those traditional ad mediums are not going to exceed dollar spikes. Is every ad medium that is a digital medium at risk for the type of fraud and the type of issues that we've seen on a scale like Facebook? Absolutely. I'm going to be writing about this uh, in my newsletter that Connected TV is facing an ad fraud scheme right now. Anytime you're not buying one-to-one, you're not buying direct, you have a broken supply chain. You have middlemen that make you more susceptible to fraud schemes and to complications. And so I would absolutely anticipate that as more advertising goes automated, you're going to just have an increase in fraud and an increase in complications. The good news is, though, that I think more and more people are starting to look at programmatic direct, which is where you use programmatic infrastructure to target ads, but you're still selling them one-on-one. You see this with ad vendors using something called ads.txt, While this isn't totally direct, it's essentially saying to the publishers, you have to pre-approve the vendors that you're going to be working with. Right. And I think steps like that will help reduce fraud, but it's something that the industry is always going to have to monitor as more ad mediums move digital. So you were just talking about the idea of TV becoming addressable or that all television advertising has the potential to become automated. 
Are we at all worried about the backlash that that creates? I think some of the things that we've heard in the market and and going to Lindy Acarino's State of the Industry Forum last year was around the idea that fewer, more contextual ads presents, you know, a more favorable experience for consumers. Are you hearing anything um, around that? And do you think that that could create a larger pushback in that it kicks over to the subscription side? Yeah, I think so. I think, well, consumers hate advertising. That's why subscription-based platforms are on the rise. That's why Netflix does so well is because we've become attuned, especially younger generations, to tune ads out. We don't want to have to be bothered by them. The problem is that once you do get to an era where we are all attached to 5G, where streaming becomes the default because linear is too slow, there is going to be a fundamental shift in how television advertising is purchased. Right now, about 10% of television advertising is bought through advanced channels, whether that be programmatic or addressable or a little OTT. Expect that in the coming years to shift closer to 100. And when it does, you as a marketer are not going to be able to necessarily buy that massive scale ad day parted the way that you used to. And you're just going to have to adjust. Now, I do think that the market will adjust a little bit itself, meaning that even though there are going to be a lot of opportunities to target people in a really niche way, there's still going to be opportunities to hit people cheaply for a big scale buy. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like because we haven't really seen it yet. You know, addressable is still so small. But I think that eventually for people who need to market goods at scale, the opportunity will be there. What, how do you think that impacts the creative industry, right? Because the types of ads in the digital space, there's the nimbleness and the ability to shift in that sort of creative development. But when it comes to creating something on air, typically the process is much more complex. Do you think that you know agencies in particular and or content studios sitting within you know networks and publishers um, have to think about what that creative world looks like? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's two big things here. The first is that digital allows you to optimize in real time. You could do a small test buy on digital, see which creatives work for which audiences and optimize and change your creative. And by the way, there will be a time when AI will help you optimize your creative. You can swap in the color of a sweater or the tone of somebody's voice to make it more appealing. I think, too, if you're a brand, you've had to worry about making sure that your advertising is household-friendly and family-friendly. And I think, you know, addressable advertising is going to mean that you can target your creative a little bit more acutely. And even if you look at some brands who are trying to make sure that their product is marketed in a way that's appeasing to the whole family, they might not have to worry about it as much in a D2C world. So I do think you're right that creative will adapt and change to be more customized and to be less focused on pleasing every single member of the family uh, because they're going to have the opportunity to target a little better. Do you think that, you know, brands like maybe the P&Gs and the Nestle's and the Mars and all those folks that are looking for scale will also start using addressable to do more testing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much what's going to happen is that people who, right now, the way, especially if you talk to political campaigns, you use digital as that's your right. test. You see what creative resonates, and then you apply those learnings to traditional media, so GOTV or, you know, television. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if you start to see the opposite happen as well, where 
Now that the barrier to entry for television comes way down, more people can afford advertising on TV, people will use addressable TV ad budgets to test and optimize for digital platforms or OTT or whatever it might be. So I definitely think that's coming down the pike. I think at the end of the day, everything goes digital. Ad medium that was ever traditional becomes digital or it dies or it evolves to be something that's more digital-like. And eventually you're going to be able to say to your planner, I want a test budget across mediums. Here's $100,000 to test. And then you can funnel down and say, all right, well, this digital ad performs really well on streaming. This digital ad performs really well on digital billboards. And you'll be able to narrow down which mediums you spend with after doing a one broad digital test. I think that's the future. One note on that, though, I think is interesting is that, you know, for print, it's still a place where even digital brands take out full page ads to make a statement. When you think about the number of brands asking for more experiential, how I would think about it from a planning standpoint is moving to a place where there's complementary offline online builds, where all of a sudden we move away from channel planning and we start thinking about ecosystem. I think that's right. I, we ran a poll for Axios a couple of days ago, and it basically suggested that more people are craving in-person communication. And I think the same thing is happening with marketing. You have niche efficiency buys that are low funnel and digital. And because everything's going digital, everything moves to low funnel on digital. And then you use what was top of the funnel. So your broad-based television targeting or newspaper ads, they still exist in some cases. Or quite frankly, top of the funnel totally evolves into something way more experiential. So I remember yeah. Giant Spoon, Laura, your agency did a live TV ad with Mass Mutual right. during New Year's Eve, right? That is something that marketers wouldn't even have thought about a couple of years ago, but we have to put so much more emphasis on top of the funnel experiential now that everything is going digital and everything is moving to the bottom of the funnel. And so what does top of the funnel mean? I mean, it could be an experiential ad on New Year's Eve. It could mm-hmm. be a massive billboard in Times Square. It's impact. AR functionality, yes. It's it impact. It could be a newspaper takeover, if people are still reading newspapers. Uh, it's anything that exactly has high-level impact. And I think we spend so much time talking about what the bottom of that funnel is going to look like, how everything's moving digital. But you're right. We're not spending enough time thinking about how this really changes the top of the funnel in ways that we don't even know yet. Yeah, well, and the idea that, that, like, and, and Alexa and I have spent our entire careers moving toward this non-linear funnel, right? This idea that marketing is layered and nuanced, and how do you have a mic drop complemented with, you know, always-on media, and un- being comfortable with the fact that people are going to come into your brand however they want. I think of one thing that's really interesting that you're implying, Sarah, and we've talked a lot about this. Uh, with folks like Rachel Tipograph, that marketers have underestimated the relationship between top of the funnel and lower funnel, right? right? And I think that that has fundamentally changed, but the market's actually been slow um, to adjust for that. And you're seeing agencies and marketers actually shine through who understand it. So I think it's a really interesting paradigm. Let's talk two seconds. We want to hear more about Axios on HBO. Speaking of traditional, non-traditional, tell us more about the show. The show has been an interesting experience for everyone involved. I think, one, you take a bunch of print journalists and you try to make something for television and you recognize your own strengths and weaknesses. 
And that's important, not just for us, because it's opening up our eyes to how we could improve our storytelling. But it's also, I think, good for HBO and other TV platforms that are trying to understand how print or text-based news uh, sees the framing of news. For so long on television, I would watch, you know, 60 Minutes or a few other news shows try to tackle these very serious but complicated topics for a general American audience. And it's hard to do it without dumbing it down. And we kind of approached the show with the perspective of there's a way to tackle really high-level issues that are important to everyday Americans without having to dumb it down, without having to address the biggest possible and widest audience. And so I think that's part of why we went with HBO. HBO consumers pay for that experience. It's a premium cable channel and over-the-top experience. And our assumption was that people would want something that would talk about news of the day in a way that's sexy and interesting but not dumbed down. And so far, I think it's working. I think some of the interviews that we've had have made news. We interviewed Tim Cook this past episode. We interviewed Donald Trump, our first episode. I think people like it. So, so far, the experience has been wonderful. We're very grateful to HBO and all the efforts that they're putting into it and everything that they're teaching us about how we need to think about storytelling differently. You know, we don't really think about the visual aspects all the time when we're writing stories. But now we see the power of some of these visual mediums. You know, we couldn't have walked through the Apple Garden and see how they're planning AR through text. Like, that's something we could have only done through video. I think for us, like, we started the podcast because, in fact, we didn't want to go with video. The point is, is also, it's not just exploring new mediums. It's also what is right for the story. I think a lot of digital-first media companies are starting to recognize that these over-the-top partnerships, they're, they're actually high-level marketing vehicles. When you listen to Meredith Copet-Levian at the New York Times on earnings calls, she'll tell you, like, their partnerships with FX or, you know, wherever they're running their TV shows, it's high-funnel branding. It's what's getting people who didn't normally pick up a paper or go to you right. online exposed to you. And I think yep. we are thinking about it in the same way. Yep, totally. So, Sarah, what would you kill by DIY in the industry as we close out 2018? So for my kill, I wouldn't say that I would absolutely kill this, but maybe I could bend the rules and reevaluate my relationship and marketers' relationship with Facebook, given some of the headlines that we've been hearing. I think that it's only a matter of time that their brand value becomes a risk with your brand value. If you're Choosing to put your money where your mouth is and advocating for, you know, a transparent transactional marketplace, then Facebook right now doesn't seem to be the best fit. But I understand that there's still a lot of marketing value and that it might not be easy to just pull every dollar. So I think I would not necessarily kill, but reevaluate my relationship with Facebook when it comes to ad spend. Okay, what would you buy? I would buy into anyone who's doing sports betting media. We just did a big Mm. special on this with Axios. Sports betting is going to explode. It's going to become a massive part of both media and sports revenue. And for those, like I think about DraftKings that are starting to create shows, CBS doing the same thing about where you should be putting bets. Uh, Same thing with fantasy, by the way. That is a smart investment. It's only going to spike. More states are going to approve legislation that allows you to gamble, that's where I would invest. What would you do yourself? I think, uh, especially ahead of the holiday season, 
there's a lot of books that I want to read, and I think that we should all be reading a little bit more. And that's the one thing I want to do myself is take some time to reflect, slow down, and just you know dive into some really good books, especially ones about the industry. You know, Ken Alada had that really great book, Frenemies. I think I want to pick it back up again just to help me unwind and be more reflective. So book club starting 2019 with Sarah Amazing. Fisher. We'll have to come up with a name for this. Sarah Fisher, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you too, guys. We're thankful for you. Yes, we are. And this industry. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for coming back, Sarah. Always so impressive. Always so on top of what's going on in the industry. And such a clear kind of view. And we've got to get you to the five timers because now you're at the three time check. (laughs) Four and five is on its way. And I think we should start this book club with Sarah Fisher. I love that idea. It's a great idea. Anyway, we hope, Adlandia, you have an amazing Thanksgiving. Friends and family, take some time off the screen. Get advice from Sarah Fisher. Read a good book, industry or not. And we will be talking to you in another couple of weeks. Big thanks to our producer, Dana. Big thanks to all of our friends and family at Panoply. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Full disclosure, our opinions are our own. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.